Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Life in the Mundane. The podcast that is not afraid to tackle the difficult topics in marriage and parenting from a biblical perspective in hopes of encouraging you to make the most of little moments in these important relationships. Join us each week as we share advice from our unique perspective as second-generation homeschoolers who got married young, had six kids in nine years, and have been through many ups and downs over the last 13 years of marriage. We know that navigating these relationships is not easy, but we also know that if God has called you to it, He will equip you for it. Hi guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, so before we get started, we just wanted to remind everybody, we mentioned this at the beginning of our last episode, but we wanted to let everybody know we are getting ready to do a question and answer at the end of this season. So we've got uh, this week and next week, and then our final one, and our final one is a Q&A. We would like you to submit your questions to us at, at lifeofthemundane at gmail.com or on Instagram at Life in the Mundane. Really, we're looking for questions on almost anything. It could be on something we've talked about on the podcast. It can be just questions you have about us, about our family. Yeah, and we're excited to kind of wrap up our season with that Q&A, just answering those questions you guys might have. Um, so we, we really need to have those questions in by March 21st, 2022, just so that we have enough time to record them and go through them on the following Monday after that, we'll answer them for you. Yeah, definitely. So um, as we get into today's episode, today we're going to be talking about when you want something really bad, you are really desiring something deep in your heart and God tells you to wait. This is something, (laughs) a lesson that God has taught us in many ways in our marriage. And and unfortunately, we've had to learn the hard way some of the principles we're going to be sharing today. But we've had it in so many different areas of our life. We've had it just with jobs of either myself or Katie not feeling like we're in the right spot um, for us or uh, maybe feeling like we are in the right spot but not being happy with it with what where we're living at the time. Yeah, feeling like we've outgrown where we're living or it's not a good area or, you know, now's the time to move and, you know, pushing for that move. And then God saying, nope, not yet, not yet. I mean, we were ready to move out of our old house, the one that we lived in before this. We were ready to move for an entire year before God said, now's the time to move. And that was devastating. That was so hard. And it was really a struggle to be content during that time. We've also had that issue with um, some of our kids and their medical diagnoses of, you know, like, okay, well, now's this time for the surgery. I remember for for Rachel, for our um, our special needs kiddo, she needed a like huge life-saving surgery and we kept getting like turned down they kept saying she's too small we need to wait we need to wait and i just remember us thinking like she's too sick yeah she's too sick and we're like we need to do it now and now looking back we see why they said that it was not the right timing because she was she was too little she was too sick she would not have been able to handle these surgeries and so you know obviously god in his timing is always perfect but it was still a struggle in that moment to go through it and desire it so badly and to think that this was the right time when it wasn't god's timing is more perfect than our timing even though we think we know better yes (laughs) um but today we're not going to talk really about any of those things that we talked about we might hit on small bits of them but We're not going to talk specifically about those things. Um, We're really going to talk about how God has taught this lesson through our journey with desiring to foster kids or adopt kids. And even if you have no interest or desire for adopting or fostering right now, 
the story isn't about adopting and fostering. It's about how God worked on our hearts. Mm-hmm. And how he is teaching us to be patient and wait in the Lord and to be content in those situations. You know, there are several obstacles that have come through this journey. We're going to cover just a few of them briefly. But I think one of the first ones that came to my mind, like Mark kind of even skipped over this in his mind when we were kind of talking through some of the obstacles, because I think to him, it didn't seem like that big a deal. But I think to me, it was truly devastating. And that was the fact that I have had a heart for foster care and adoption since before we were married. I had a heart for it but since before I was an adult. I wanted to adopt as um, as a kid. I wanted my parents to adopt. And I had a real heart for domestic adoptions through foster care. It's something I've always wanted to do. I would read books about different missionaries or different people who had, had run orphanages. And um, I don't know, I just was very involved and very um, aware of those situations and really, really had a heart for it. My brother, on the other hand, had a big heart for international adoptions. So sometimes I remember us getting in arguments about whether mom and dad should adopt internationally or domestically. And my parents were like, what are you, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> They didn't ask. <laughs> Anyways, all that to say, this was something I wanted. So I was excited when we got married and I was excited to share this vision for the future with my husband. And he was was just not aligned in that desire at all. No, I, when we were dating, it was, oh, well, maybe if we can't have kids, we'll, we'll consider it type of thought. And then, um, and then we had four kids in our first four years of marriage. I mean, it was one, two, three, four, and she'd bring it up in the midst of all of this. And I'd go, <laughs> what are you talking about right now? We have our hands full. We have babies right now. We can't adopt or foster kids right now. We're too busy. Um, and I just, I, I was not there at all. Yeah, definitely not. And that was so hard for me because you know, even at times he would say, well, we'll see, maybe in the future, maybe maybe when our kids are older, maybe when we're older. But I could tell his heart was not in it. And it crushed me because this was something I had held on to for a long, long time. And I really thought it was never going to happen. And so I, I did I did one thing and I I did it a little bit right and a little bit wrong. (laughs) I dropped my knees and I prayed, which was definitely good to take it to God. But I, I, I selfishly was praying that God would change his heart. I remember saying the words of, you know, God either change his heart to make him want to do this or remove this desire from me. But like in my prayers, in my deepest heart, I was, I was like, but don't take it from me (laughs) because let's just change him. Um, which was not, not biblical at all. But despite my very imperfect prayer, God answered that prayer and actually brought Mark on the same page in a way in kind of the craziest turn of events that you could imagine. Yeah, it all started really with uh, we were reading Secrets of an Unlikely Convert by Rosaria Butterfield. And at the end of the book, she talks about a little bit of their experience with fostering and adopting children. That is not what the book's about at all. But it's it, like one chapter out of the entire book. That's <laughs> it. But that really it, it sat with me. It it's it I couldn't quite stop thinking about it. And I told Katie, I was like, all right, I'm thinking about this. I'm not sure I'm there yet, but it's on my mind right now. Yeah. And so soon after that, uh, the church we were in uh, started a group to see if they could uh, support families through either the process of foster care and adoption or in the midst of that or all this. And so we were like, okay, let's join this group. Let's see what we can do to help type of thing. And um, through this group, some of the leaders of the group had been going to a conference on 
for Christians who adopted in foster care, uh, CAFO, the Christian Alliance for Orphans. And they, uh, they ended up helping me be able to go to this conference. Yeah, it was a really big deal. Um, things just kind of worked out. There was um, provisions for free room and board and travel and even for a ticket to be provided for Mark. And it was, it was a really interesting experience, but it was, it was also really hard for me because I love conferences. Like I absolutely adore going to conferences and going to workshops and networking with people and, and, um, just getting to learn. That is like my favorite thing to do. And then the fact that this was a conference on adoption, which was something that was like such a passion in my heart means I wanted to go really badly. And, um, we kind of had a choice. I could just go, he could just go, or we could both go together. And ultimately, Mark, who very rarely ever told me, like, no, Katie, we're not going to do this, sat down with me and said, I think I'm going to go to the conference. And I was like, yeah, let's go. And he was like, no, Katie, you're not hearing me. I'm going to go to the conference. And I, I remember this conversation very distinctly. And he was like, I love you. And I know where your heart is. I know your heart is already dead set on this adoption and foster care stuff. And I am not there right now. It's it's gnawing at me. I feel like I need to pursue this. I need to explore this more. And I feel like if we go together or if you go instead of me, your heart is just going to get that much further ahead of me. And so I need a chance to catch up with you. So I need you to stay home, to stay where you are <laughs> so that I can go and, and explore this possibility. And that was really, really hard for me, especially because we had uh, very little ability to communicate while he was gone. So I couldn't even process with him like what he was thinking while he was there. So I was really just left to wait until he got home and to let me know what he thought. Yeah. And so this conference for me was really, it, it lit a fire under me. It, it showed me, no, this is good work. This, we can help these kids that truly need a home, that need to be that need to be told about Christ, that need to be told the good news. And it, it lit a fire under me. And so I got home and I was excited and I shared all, so much. I am not a big note taker. And I took notes and shared my notes with my wife and <laughs> which she appreciated greatly. Well, and it was interesting because I expected that he might come home hyped up about it, but that it might be because maybe, the, like I'd never been to this conference before, but you know, there's there's this high you get off of a conference because- Which I definitely did get. Yeah, but because they give you like the best of everything. But what was really interesting is he came in and he was like, Katie, this is something we need to do. Katie, this is like, God is calling us to this. This is something we're going to do. And he goes, and guess what? I went to session after session after session of like how hard it is and how hard it is on your marriage and the struggles with it. And like, I came back saying uh, what i was told over and over is this is one of the hardest things you will ever do and i still think it's something that we should do and i was like oh okay <laughs> and i think like he he was just like i was like okay so you pursued all of these negatives and still came out feeling like this is something we should do so that was really encouraging so we were like okay now we're, we're now we're aligned our hearts are aligned this is great we had four kids at this point we still we our daughter with medical special needs was about, only about a year i think two so two. we were okay. at two three four and five and our five-year-old had just been diagnosed about a year before with autism and our two-year-old was still in the middle of a lot of her medical needs and we were blind <laughs> we we told my family we were like we're starting foster care classes and they were like what <laughs> like in the middle like we we're literally drowning in all of life 
Like, we're just failing at every part. And we're like, we're starting foster care classes because we're going to adopt. And our our parents were so gracious to us. They were like, that's nice. We're just going to pray about this. Um, And I could tell they thought we were crazy. Um, But we, we were confident this was the timing that God had called us to. And so we signed up for a class. We, we went through a lot of effort to pick out an organization to work with. And we signed up for a class and we got to that very first class. And it was probably the most memorable experience of this whole thing. Yes, we went through that first class and walked out of it going, this is good. This is something we need to do. Um, we're not ready for this yet. We may be on fire for this. We may desire this but we're not ready yet. And really, we're not ready. It's, we we were able to step back. That was a wake-up call. We were able to step back and go, our routines, like our daily routines and structure isn't where it needs to be. And that is, well, one, that'd be good for our two kids that have medical needs. And two, it'd be good for these other kids. Um, I would say, we went, we could technically make it work in our house, but it would be difficult, which I think we were even lying to ourselves there. I don't think we could have made it yeah, work. Yeah, they have, for foster care, they have very specific regulations in some states where you can only have so many kids in a bedroom per square footage. So it really doesn't matter if there's actually room for another kid. If there's not X amount of square footage per child, there's not enough room. And so um, I don't even think we had that. And that was like a huge wake up call to us of like, okay, our house is not what it needs to be. Our routines are not what it needs to be. And then we were also not in a stable church position. We were faithfully attending a church. We were very involved in church. It's not that we were, um, you know, kind of had a foot out the door, but it was that we were part of a church plant that was crumbling. Like we won't get into the whole story, but it was falling apart. And we, we kind of saw that coming, but didn't fully understand that until after this fact a little bit yeah and then so and my i went through this this particular period of time at my work where i was working uh one week on first shift one week on second shift one week on third shift and i was just cycling what shift i was on and i finally landed on a funky shift and we just we were not ready oh and then our daughter with all of her medical stuff that started flaring up more than we thought it was going to be. And we weren't ready at that point in time. It was really a lighting of fire in our hearts to bring us to the point of, you've got some work to do. Yeah. And it was, it was hard. I think it also shined a light a little bit on where some of those problems were in our marriage, that I was still trying to take that leadership and that headship in, in a lot of the roles. It was, yeah, it just, it was like a magnifying glass in our family and we were not holding up so well to being magnified on. And really, I just felt like every dorm slammed shut. Like even so much so, like Mark explained the shift changes, his shift landed at a point where we couldn't even attend any more of the classes. So it was just very clear. So after one week of classes, we had to call them and say, I'm sorry, this is not the right time for us. And that felt really hard. Um, I think too, because we kind of alluded to this in our very first episode of how people said we would never work. And there had been a lot of people doubting and, you know, in our pride, we were like, well, just watch us. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it in our strength. Like, you know, just watch us. We, we've got this. You think we can't, but we're going to prove you wrong. And we were not functioning in, <laughs> in God's power at all. We were very much kind of trying to make it happen and do it ourselves and force a, you know, a piece of a puzzle in. So that was really hard when that shut, but it was a wake up call. And we did move on from there. We did make 
major changes um, thanks to God because we tried on our own for a little bit right after that and nothing stuck. Oh, no, nothing at all. (laughs) And then we prayed and we prayed and God brought us to a much better place spiritually where we really started to see the heart issues that were behind these things. It wasn't just that we needed better systems. It was the heart issues of where we were in how we viewed taking care of our house. It was where we were in, in our relationship. We started to see how sick the church plant that we were in was. So fast forward about many five years. years. About yeah. five, maybe six years. Yeah. And we're in a totally different place. Um, yes, we are. We have moved to a bigger house. We're in a much safer neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, our systems, our homeschool is going so well. I'm on a stable work shift. We're in a good, solid church. Uh that supports us, that we're really involved in. Our marriage is more solid than it had ever been up to that point. Medical stuff had started to subside and actually had been subsiding for a while. And so we saw, you know, a little bit, like we know there's parts of our life that are just always going to be in (laughs) craziness. And we're praying about this. Yeah, but we were praying about it and God put on our hearts these two little kids. Um, I would, from time to time, over all of these years, I would peek on the uh on the kansas foster care adoption website and i would look at the different kids profiles and there was two kids that i fell in love with like i absolutely adored these kids and i looked at mark and i said i think these might be our kids i think these might be our babies and um i said but i don't want to jump the gun this time i don't want to go all crazy and go all in so i'm just gonna start praying for them I just want to start every day because here's the thing. If they're my kids, I want to be able to tell them, I've been praying for you since the day I found out about you. And if they're not our kids, they still need our prayers. <laughs> and so we, I just started faithfully praying for them every single day and praying for us in this process that God would make this known, that he would make us aware of when to start the process. And in 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, when everything was <laughs> shut down, we decided to start our foster care class again. Yes. So we started foster care class online, which actually helped us quite a bit. It made it easier for us to attend. With... Yeah, because we didn't have to find child care. So yeah. that was actually a huge blessing because last time we were really struggling to find child care every week for hours on end. Yeah. Um. We, we bought a bigger van, which we were feeling like we needed anyway, but we definitely needed if we were going to foster. And it was interesting the way God opened these doors for things we were talking about getting a bigger van but we were like we don't have the finance like these big vans cost so much money and how are we gonna provide and we weren't even looking like somebody tagged me in a post on facebook and said katie look at this 15 pastor van someone's selling you should check it out and i was like okay but you know there's no way we're gonna be able to afford it and so i just shot him a message and i was really upfront and honest with them i said look you know how much i'm interested in the information on this car But I'll be honest with you, I don't think we have the money for it. (laughs) And so I don't want to waste your time. So if anybody else asks you about it, please listen to them first. I don't want to waste your time. And God just worked crazy. I mean, this was on a Monday. And by that Thursday, we were driving that van home. Yeah. And God provided financing in like lickety-split time without us having to take out a loan. Um, God provided not only that, but the family that we purchased it from was actually a foster care family, um, that had used it for foster care. And that was just a huge blessing and just felt like affirmation of everything we were pursuing. We went through fingerprinting. Did all of the paperwork, which if you've, 
if you've done uh, if you've done any type of paperwork like this, you understand what we're talking about. But it's more paperwork than you can imagine, and like the most probing questions ever. It it forces introspect, like to the T. It's it's insane. And we actually switched agencies in the middle of the process because we did our class with one agency and then decided to go with a different agency for fostering. And uh, in that process, they lost our paperwork. And so we had to start all over again. I remember being devastated. I was like, are you kidding me? And we had to refill out all of our paperwork. I say we had bedrooms that were big enough to add one kid to each bedroom. So we got extra beds, got, we got extra dressers. Up. We got our, like our kids were all excited. And this whole time we were still praying about these two kids. We were like, God, these are our babies. And God was opening doors like left and right. And I just remember looking at my parents and I was like, God is doing something like God is working. And like everybody could see it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just us this time. We had the community support. We had people encouraging us and being like, what do you need? Let's, let's help you do this. Let's, you know, let's, push you let's encourage you in this so we definitely had that affirmation of others around us so that was that was a positive sign and God just opened doors and opened doors and just flung them open and we were so so excited and we get to the end of January of 2021 and we have put in all of our paperwork to become official licensed foster parents so that we can foster to adopt and that specifically so that we can pursue fostering adopting these two kids we put in that application, and while we're waiting to hear back about whether we got approved or not, we asked for some information on these two kids, because you can do that once you've applied. You can request a file. And we requested that file, and I was just praying. I was like, God, I know my heart is set on this. If we're not supposed to adopt these two kids, please make it very, very evident. And we heard back almost immediately, like it was within less than 24 hours that we heard back, and we got a, you don't get their whole file, but you get like a little summary of a kid's cases. And it was an obvious no. And it was not anything that they did wrong. And it was not, these kids are amazing. And I still pray for them. It's just our specific circumstances would not have been the best for them. Yeah. They, they needed different things from parents than we could offer. Yeah. And it was absolutely devastating. And I cried. I was going to say I wanted to cry. I didn't want to cry. No, I did cry. you cried for two days. I, I mourned that loss like the loss of my own child. Yeah. And it was so hard. But what helped us get through that is we're like, okay, God has obviously called us to something. He's lined up all of these things. Like, I mean, we've we've done all the home inspection things. We hadn't had a home inspection yet. They were working on putting that on the calendar. But we had done a pre-inspection we, and we yeah, were told. We didn't walk throughs and all of that stuff done all the safety things. There's a ton of safety things you have to do to your house, like locking up all your knives and lock, putting locks in all your medicine cabinets and just a lot of extra things. And we had gone through that process and we were like, okay, God, you didn't call us to adopt these two kiddos, but we know that like this is the right timing. So we continued to obey and to pursue that. And then we got this phone call. And basically what it said was, uh, and we had been told from, from the get-go, well, the laws say you can't have more than six kids under the age of 15, but you guys have the finances. We've interviewed you. We've talked with you. We'll, we'll get an exception clause written in because they do that kind of thing. They write exception clauses. And they're like, okay, cool. That's great. We get through it and call back that says exception clauses can only be written to already licensed families. So if we had had five kids... We could have become licensed foster care parents for one, and then they could have made an exception for two or three or four more even. Or if we had six kids, but one was a foster kid, we yeah. could get an exception for one more. Right. But because we already had six biological kids 
and they were under that age, we could not get licensed as foster parents. And we were just shocked. Like, we didn't even know how to process that information. We kept that to ourselves. Like, didn't tell family for a while just because it was like we were just reeling with information. We're like, what next? So is God saying no to adoption at all or what? Well, and we were told in that same phone call, this is for foster care, not for adoption. You can still adopt through foster care without fostering. It's complicated and we won't get into all the details here. But the the process is even more complicated and is even harder in a lot of ways when you adopt through the foster care system without being foster parents. And they said, well, but we'll help you. So we tried for months to find a match. We looked at lots of kids' profiles. We requested information on several of them. We got excited and then we're let down when either like it, we didn't work out or where maybe their caseworker looked at us and said, sorry, you wouldn't be a good fit. And it felt very hopeless. Yeah. All of the doors were shut again. And it's, we were just, wait, all these things, all these doors opened up for us. Things were being lined up for us. And we're sitting here going, God, people outside of us were saying, God is working this out for something. But we're confused now. We don't know what's going on. As I said, God did so much. And we were praying like it was a totally different situation than the first time around. We were praying fervently this whole time. We were in a good spot. When we got all said and done and all the doors were slammed shut, it wasn't like last time where we had this big checklist of all the reasons why this shouldn't work. We had no reasons why it shouldn't work. And we realized that like this was not the timing. And Mark and I both, we both came together and we said, like we were scared to tell the other person because we knew the other person was equally excited. And we were like, we both said, I don't feel like this is the right time. And I don't, I don't know why it was the right time. It seemed like the right time, but I feel like God is saying, no, not right now. And we grieved that for several months in the summer of 2021. Here's the thing. God is perfect and God knows what's best always. And what we didn't realize is that in each of those three challenges and each of those three times where we got our hopes up and then we grieved, God was doing something. Yeah. The first one for Katie was just, she had to wait and and learn to trust in God that we could get on the same page. And that especially something this big was something that we had to be on the same page for and not through coercion or manipulation, but through prayer and on and waiting on God to bring us to that point. And really, it was through praying for his heart to be changed for adoption that I started to realize the importance of praying for my husband. And that's when I started praying that he would lead worship more, that he would do those things that you've heard us talk about on this season. In our second obstacle, like I said, we learned we were put under a magnifying glass and we saw all the cracks. We saw all the things that were wrong. And I truly think God used that to give us a giant growth spurt. You know, we probably would have grown in many of those areas without having pursued adoption. But to see how cracked and broken we were and how much we were in need of Christ and how much we were trying to do everything in our own strength instead of relying on him, that drastically impacted our faith and drastically impacted the way we moved on in every area of life from then on. Yes, we got you know, the house stuff figured out when you got into a better church and we got into all these situations, but it was all through God leading and not through us trying to force something to happen. So in our third one, we, 
we were in a so much better place. We were getting our home ready for what we thought was to be an addition to our family. And it didn't work out. It and like we said, we were we've been confused, but it didn't work out. But God was preparing us for something. It wasn't for adoption, even though that's what we thought it was. He was using the adoption to get our family ready for some new diagnoses that were about to come. That would change that our would lives change, drastically. It, it, that shook up our lives quite a bit. But what it was is things we learned in that foster and adoption process within months became applicable to our own family, through to our own children. And so even though we had this heart for this and we felt like this was what God was leading us to, he was just using this as a tool to prepare us for something else that was coming. Yeah, we, we went through a lot with those medical diagnoses, and it, it, it's amazing. I can't even explain, and, and I don't want to share too much because, again, it's not our story to share, but let's just say that God used many of those things, preparation emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And to the house. And to the house, changes that we made to the house even, that made it a safer space, that made it a um, us more aware of things that were going on, and we have really been able to grow so much in that area. And it was really hard to see, <laughs> to see that God was, that had prepared us for that. So the, the way this story would wrap up really nicely as we wrap up the podcast would be to say, but now we're happy to come to you guys and share with you guys. We are finally ready to adopt in 2022 that three years later, you know, everything worked out and, and we're ready to, to move on. But guess what? God is still telling us to wait. And, and we don't know if God will ever tell us, that it's time for us to adopt. And that's really hard. It's something Sorry, we both want. I'm trying not to cry. It hurts. It's hard to think that it might not happen. And just because it didn't happen now doesn't mean it won't happen. And we are both still very open and still very much have a heart for that and still want that to happen and are still pursuing that. But to think that it might not be our calling, we could let that overwhelm us and discourage us. But instead, in all of this, we have learned to lean into Christ and to understand that he has a purpose, that he's been faithful in every single one of these challenges. He's been faithful and he doesn't change. (laughs) Obviously, our circumstances keep changing, but he doesn't change and we can lean into him and we can trust that if we have another opportunity to pursue adoption, we're going to take it. 110% we are going to take pursuing adoption and it might lead to adding another family member to our house and it may just lead to us leaning more into Christ and learning more and preparing for whatever he has for us next. Well, and honestly, it may be, it's something that's on our hearts and through that last process, it really came onto our kids' hearts and for all we know, if God hasn't called us to it, he might be calling our kids to it. And preparing them for this mm-hmm. through us. And preparing us to be able to support them or to support another family. Now, the thing is, we mentioned this at the beginning, but you may not be seeking to adopt. That may not be anything that's ever on your mind. And But maybe you are holding on to a different dream. Maybe it's one day you wish to be married. Maybe it's that you want to have kids of your own or you want to have more kids but have had trouble doing so. Maybe it's that you want to move. 
anything like that that you have a heart for and you feel disheartened by it all, we want to give you a reminder. Our reminder is that your dream might not happen now. It might not be what God's calling you to. It might even, it might not even happen ever. Like we said, at this point in time, we don't know what God's plan is for our journey with this. But God is working in your life. God is guiding you. He's not a distant God. He's not working um, off and unaware of what's going on. But what he is putting you through now, the journey he's putting you through now, will be for his glory. Mm-hmm. Not so that you can say, I did this in my strength, but through Christ who strengthens me. We'd like to close out today. Um, and I'm sorry, this is a bit longer than we normally go, but um, we'd like to close out today with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, where it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and to give you hope. We don't want this message to be a discouragement. As a, this is very heavy on our hearts, though. We want this to be an encouragement. God knows the plans that he has for you to give you a future and hope. We, we normally end our podcast by saying, if God's called you to it, he will equip you for it. And I, I'm saying that now, he will. But as we learned, I want to remind you what he's equipping you for might not be what you think it is it might be something so much better we want to leave you with that encouragement and we'll talk to you next week bye bye thanks again for listening if you found this helpful we would love for you to share the podcast and leave a review as it helps spread the word so that hopefully more families can be encouraged to make the most of the little moments in their marriage and parenting talk to you again next week bye